Hi there, Bill Woods here, and I'm hoping you're having a good week this week. I want to start out by asking the question, who in hell is Satan? That's not cursing, that's saying, you know, people think that Satan resides in hell, and uh, I, I'm going to try to clear some things up for you. And so my question is, who in hell is Satan? October can be a pleasant month. The hot summer has diminished and the cold winter has not yet arrived. The weather is very enjoyable for the most part, usually some of the best of the entire year. The downside for Christians in October is it's also drenched in evil, Halloween. Much of the celebrating should be avoided by Christians. Most of October is preparing for Satan's big holiday, Halloween, a holiday drenched in terror and violence, demons and human sacrifice, death, witches, witchcraft, and every perverse thing that can be imagined coming right out of hell. The occultists celebrate Halloween like it's Satan's birthday. Yes, Satan, that evil monster bent on destroying them and taking them to hell. Maybe we ought to ask, who in hell is Satan? Why, why would anybody in their right mind want to celebrate him? 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You know, every professional I know has some sort of tools or toolkit that they use. Doctors have their medical bag. Dentists have their instruments of torture. Carpenters have their toolboxes with hammers and saws and levels and tapes. Mechanics have their tool chest full of wrenches and sockets. Even Marty and her quilters group have specialized tools to turn out the beautiful quilts that they make. Satan has his tools too. He's a professional at what he does. Satan's been around for a long time, more than 6,000 years of human history. During all that time, he's developed and honed many tools that he wants to use to defeat poor, dumb human beings. Look at some of the tools in his toolbox. Discouragement, offense, bitterness, fear, greed, lust, non-forgiving attitudes, anger, selfishness, doubt, pride, procrastination, hatred, political correctness, just to name a few of his tools. Satan offers death. Jesus offers life and life more abundantly. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 15 says, See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. Jeremiah 21 8 says, Now you shall say to this people, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. And so our choice, mine and yours, is to choose between life and death. You know, Christians need to know some things about our enemy. Who is Satan? How he works? How is he organized? And how to combat him when he's coming after us? The church is the only army in the world that wants to remain ignorant to what its enemy is doing. I preached a revival years ago in Avondale, Arizona. I preached and, and I was talking about spiritual warfare and I was talking about how we can have victory over Satan and the pastor came to me and he said to me, well, hey, why don't we leave Satan alone and maybe he will leave us alone. And my answer was fat chance. 
If you really are a Christian, Satan has no intentions of leaving you alone. If he does leave you alone, you'd better check up on your relationship with Jesus Christ and find out why you're no threat to Satan. So, the question is, who in hell is Satan? First, you need to correct a misconception that many people have. Satan is not co-equal with God. God is omniscient, means he's all-knowing. He's omnipotent, means he's all-powerful. And omnipresent means that He's everywhere, all at the same time. Satan is not any of these things. Satan is a created being who rebelled against God and got thrown out of heaven. He can tempt you with evil, but he cannot force you to do evil. He is a thief. He is a liar. John 8:44 says, You are of your father, the devil, with the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. John 10.10 says the thief comes not to, uh, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Lucifer, or Satan as we know him, or the devil, was created magnificent. He was intelligent. He was the most beautiful of God's creation. He was perfect in every way. He was the worship leader in heaven. He led the worship around the throne of God. I, I believe he was in charge of the music in heaven. As an archangel, Lucifer had authority over other angels. Pride caused his fall. He convinced himself, since he was so perfect, that he ought to be worshipped instead of God. He organized a rebellion in heaven and tried to overthrow God. And uh, as a result, a third of the angels were cast out with him and have become demons, a demonic force. We read in Isaiah 14, 12 through 17, How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend unto heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Notice all of us, I, I. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High, yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you, saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities, who did not open the house of his prisoners? Ezekiel also offers us some information. Ezekiel 28:12 through 19 Son of man raise a lamentation over the king of Tyre and say to him Thus says the Lord God you were the signet of perfection full of wisdom and perfect in beauty you were in Eden the garden of God every precious stone was your covering sardius topaz diamond beryl onyx jasper sapphire emerald and carbuncle, and, and crafted in gold were your settings and your engravings. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. You were an anointed guardian cherub. I placed you. 
you were on the holy mountain of God in the midst of the stones of fire you walked. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till unrighteousness was found in you. In the abundance of your trade you were filled with violence in your midst and you uh, violence in your midst and you sins sins. So I cast cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O guardian cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted it, your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I exposed you before kings to feast their eyes on you. By the multitude of your iniquities and the unrighteousness of your trade, you profaned from your sanctuaries. So I brought fire out from your midst. It consumed you and I turned you to ashes on the earth in the sight of all who saw you. All who know you among the peoples are appalled at you. You have come to a dreadful end and shall be no more forever. Satan introduced sin to the universe. The result was he was cast out of heaven, cast to the earth. Revelation 12:9 says, So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil, and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. They were the ones that became the demons. Sin is selfishness. Notice I pointed it out when I was reading Isaiah. Five different times Satan says, I will rise above the throne. I will do this. I will do that. It's putting self and selfish plans ahead of God. Satan introduced sin to man. Disguised as a serpent, he tempted Eve and Adam there in the Garden of Eden. Remember in Genesis 3.1, it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? He, Satan still has access to the throne of God. By the way, Eve, he put enough doubt in her mind, and he asked us a similar question. He put enough doubt in her mind that she yielded to that awful temptation. And we've been paying the price ever since. Satan still has access to the throne of God. He's known as the accuser of the brethren. He no longer resides in heaven, but he still has access to bring petitions to God. But that'll stop soon. Revelation 12.10 says, then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Praise the Lord for that day. In Zechariah 3.1 it says, We see Satan standing before the angel of the Lord accusing Joshua the high priest. In Job 1.6-11 and Job 2, 1-6, Satan comes before the Lord to accuse Job. As soon he won't have access to God's throne to bring his accusations. Revelation 12, 12 and 13 says, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. Now, when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. Today, we have to contend with Satan. 
what you need to know about Satan that he is he like I've already said is not omnipresent he can't be everywhere and so he's organized his demons the fallen angels into a spiritual hierarchy Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places Satan has created strongholds over the whole earth and we must pray and break. Daniel 13.10 says an angel was withheld by a principality, the prince of the kingdom of Persia. Today we would know that place as Iran for 21 days. Uh, Daniel had prayed for some information from God about how long the captivity was going to last and some of the things that he had been praying about. And God sent the answer, but for 21 days, this principality over Persia had, had held him, the angel from coming to Daniel. Finally, Michael the archangel came and, and helped him break through and brought the message to Daniel. You know, there's a demon entity over every part of the world. Over the Columbia Gorge in Washington State, there was a, a demon entity. The Indians called him Sagagalala. Uh, the Native American culture today recognizes a demon over the Southwest who is a humpback flute player called Coco, Coco Pelli. Satan has strongholds and principalities over where you live too. And until we take a stand and pray and war, we'll see very few victories. Paul called Satan the god of this age. The world's under Satan's power and influence. According to Ephesians 2, 2, Satan is the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He leads superhuman forces to evil in, in heavenly realms. In Ephesians 6, 12, I, I said it already, we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. You know, most Christians pretend that Satan doesn't exist, but the world knows different. They know that he's there. People serve Satan because he promises them power, wealth, sex, or anything else he thinks will entice him to, them to follow him. But remember, he is a liar. He's a rough taskmaster. He does not love. People sometimes think that Satan is trying to look out for their best, but he is not. He cannot love. He destroys his own people. I don't know how many times I've been in a deliverance trying to help somebody get free from the bondage of Satan and demons. And I've asked, how did you get in this? Well, Satan promised me so many things, but he is a liar. He has not come through, and he is destroying me. He offers only death and destruction. He's a liar. Let me say it again. He's a liar that cannot speak the truth. Anything he tells you, anything he promises you is a lie. In 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, it says he's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And we are to resist him. James 4, 7 says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. In order to be able to resist him, we must know who he is and what he is doing. How could we resist him unless we have that information? 
He's trying to snatch the young and the weak. And I would say this, you'd better shore up your life and shore up your home. Your children, your grandchildren should choose Jesus Christ while they're still young. You need to help build that foundation so they will understand that when they hit an age of accountability. The longer they wait, the less likely they are to follow Jesus. The world thinks that Satan is as powerful as Jesus. Well, that just is not so. He's stronger than you are, or stronger than I am, but he's been defeated by Jesus Christ. And we have the power to use the name of Jesus to defeat Satan. Satanic forces were defeated through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you this. Satan cannot read your thoughts. Only God knows your thoughts. Satan cannot know the specific future. If he could know the future, he would not have crucified Christ because that defeated him totally. You know, I've preached before on how Satan often shoots himself in the foot. God has great plans for this wicked demon. Satan will be chained and cast into the bottomless pit during the thousand-year millennium while Jesus Christ rules on the earth. Revelation 21 through 3 says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain. And he sees the dragon, that ancient serpent who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the pit and shut it and sealed it over him so that he might not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be released for a little while. Finally, after the final judgment, after, you know, the, the, the rapture, the tribulation, the millennium, and finally, the second resurrection when everybody is called before God, Satan and his demons will be thrown into the fire of lake, into the lake of fire. Satan is going to go to hell, not to rule, but to burn. Praise God. I hope to be on, on the lake shore when God throws him into that lake of fire. I'd like to be leading some cheers and say, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Revelation 20.10 says, And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. The reason Jesus came was to destroy the works of Satan. 1 John 3, 8 says, Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. The reason Jesus came was to, to destroy Satan and his works. Christ's crucifixion and resurrection totally neutralized Satan's program. Colossians 2.15 says he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Praise God. Christ's victory sets us free from the bondage of sin and guilt. Colossians 1.13 said he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sin. Satan accuses us before God. He petitions our destruction. And our problem is we don't counter petition before God. We don't pray enough. Satan works against us. 
our defenses are down because we don't pray, because we, we take things for granted. We're just too involved with worldly things, and so shame on us because we let him win victories that he should never be able to win. Do you think for a moment that God would have honored Moses or Elijah and their ministries if they hadn't been men of prayer? James 5.16 says the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. One, one night, John Patton and his wife, they were missionary couple in the New Hebrides Islands, woke up to chance outside their mission station. Looking out, they saw scores of hostile islanders had surrounded the station with torches intending to burn the place down and kill the missionary couple. They were terrified. The Pattons fell to their knees and prayed throughout the night, asking God to deliver them. The tense, dark hours passed, and yet the islanders kept their distance. Finally, at daybreak, the Pattons looked out the window. The hostile tribesmen were gone. John Patton was baffled. What could have happened? There was nothing preventing the islanders from attacking that he could see, and yet no attack came. Patton didn't find out why the islanders left so mysteriously until a year later when the chief of the tribe accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. Remembering the night long ago, or the long siege, John Patton asked the chief why the tribesmen had departed instead of burning the mission station to the ground and killing them. The chief said, We were afraid of the men that were with you. What men? asked Patton. There were a hundred tall men around the mission house that night, said the chief. Their clothing showed, shone with light, and they had swords in their hands. We knew they'd never let us hurt you, so we went back to our village. Eric Ludy said, Prayer isn't some BB gun that God has given us to try to shoo away raccoons in the night. Prayer is nuclear power, world renovating in its epic strength when used according to the pattern of Scripture. Prayer alters history, alters the natural world, and alters the human soul. The sword of the Spirit is too heavy for a mere man to carry, but prayer enables us to lift it, swing it, and transform the world around us with it. Prayer is the catalyst behind everything God, uh, godly, everything that God is doing taking place on the earth. Satan can only defeat us if we're not striving to walk with God and do God's will. Don't give Satan a foothold in your life. He's the biggest loser in history. He's bound for hell, but you don't have to go there with him. Satan is a created, rebellious, tempting, evil power, but his existence doesn't remove your responsibility to God. Satan cannot defeat you unless you let him. Ecclesiastes 10.8 says, He who digs a pit will fall into it, and a serpent will bite him, and he will bite him who breaks through the wall. Realize, God loves you. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Recognize you can't be saved by your own good works. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, lest any man should boast. 
You need to admit that you're a sinner and you're separated from God. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You need to repent of your sins. Ask God to forgive you. Be sorry for the things that you've done. And make up your mind you're not going to live that way anymore. Acts 3.19 says, Repent that your sins may be blotted out. Call upon Christ, believing that he died for your sins and he arose from the dead. Romans 10:13 says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Have courage. God is stronger than Satan and we are on the winning side. Matthew 10:28 says, Don't fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Satan wants our worship. But I've chosen to worship the real ruler and hero of the universe, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I'll rule with him forever while Satan burns in hell. Satan and his followers celebrate death and hell. That's what Halloween's all about. I've chosen to celebrate life and life more abundantly. Deuteronomy 30.15 says, Why choose death? God says, See, I have set before you today life and good death and evil. So who in hell is Satan? He is a loser who has made wrong choices and has bought the farm spiritually and will soon be cast into the lake of fire where he will burn forever and forever according to Revelation 20.10. Who is Jesus Christ? He is the Lord of all the universe. One day every knee shall bow and recognize who he is. In fact Philippians 10 or 2 10 through 11 says that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of those in heaven, of those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Don't wait until then, when you'll be forced to bow. Bow now. Worship His majesty now. Find the peace that only Jesus Christ can give you today. I beg of you, please, Accept Christ as your personal Savior while you still have time. Don't slip into hell. It's going to last forever and ever and ever, and you don't want to be there. Dear Jesus, I pray that you'll speak to our hearts. Help us to realize how important it is to be people that put you first in everything, people that learn how to pray powerful prayers, and people that will stand up for Jesus Christ. This month, this month of Halloween, is such an evil time. Help us to contrast by letting the light shine into the world that Christ is the answer. I'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You know how to get in touch with me. Lowercase R-E-V-W-M-W-W-O-O-D-S at gmail.com. My mailing address is Box 4031, Sun Valley, Arizona, 86029. God bless you. And remember, Jesus Christ is the, is the one that rules the universe, not Satan.